0: I'm going to record an intro for the podcast that I didn't put out yet. Are you going to put it out after you record it? Yep. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Canode Knows. This is my first ever solo podcast, and I have been sitting on it for, I don't know, like a week and a half, and I just got too much in my head about putting it out, because I don't even know why. i afraid of what people might think. afraid I'm not entertaining, all the above, but it's about time we put it out just to get it out of the way i it's only like 30 minutes long just kind of rambled and it was a fun exercise so thanks for being here you know all that stuff and you'll see in the in the clip this is again a couple of weeks ago and i intro it twice because i was so nervous and it is what it is man so whatever thanks for listening and watching uh maybe you'll get something from it maybe you won't have a good time Oh, uh, right. I guess I'm rolling already. Okay. Hey, what's up? Welcome to a Canode Nose solo episode. You know, you know, you know, Joe. <coughs> hey, what's up? Welcome to Canode Nose, my first ever solo episode. I'm, I'm like, nervous doing this. It feels like the first time I did stand-up comedy. Like, nerve-wracking, even though it shouldn't be because it's just me alone talking into a microphone. I have some things to talk about that I pulled from Instagram. And the first one is uh from Joel Bennett. Your personal identity and beliefs. That's, like, that's a large large topic to start right off with. Um, I think there's a lot of focus on identity these days. Everybody identifies by their physical characteristics. And uh, I read a book called Mystic Path to Cosmic Power when I was like 23 or so. And it kind of changed the way that I look at myself. Um, There's your true self and your false self. There's the observer and then the thinker, you know, and you are not your thoughts. You are the underneath your thoughts. So even if, you know, you, I think that sums it up pretty good. You, you are not your thoughts. You should read the book or, you know, read a snippet of it, but I don't identify with my meat vehicle, my meat suit. I identify, I is a tricky word because it's like the ego. And if you really analyze or you meditate and you get into it, then like who's thinking the thoughts that you're hearing, like the words in your head. Like the, the the book breaks it down pretty good, but it learned I learned how to detach. And so I, you know, my identity, I used to have my identity wrapped up into like superficial things like my video work uh, when I was in my early 20s, mediocre at best was my identity. My identity, you know, nowadays it's like, we play this game of putting stuff on Instagram. For example, like I just added in my bio that makes me cringe every time, but I added that I'm a commercial filmmaker because I legit shot some, I directed, shot, edited some uh, TV commercials now or commercials that are airing on TV, which is pretty cool. So I'm officially a commercial filmmaker. And I must say I did a good job while I did it, but that's not my identity. under that tripod owner you know i own my dog but that's not who i am uh under under that mediocre best bmx rider bmx rider was my identity from you know age 16 until I, I don't know now not it's still it's not my identity but i i learned how to <clears throat> kind of detach myself from you know where i was in the bmx world and like how many followers you have or like are you sponsored that was you know, I I remember having house parties to, uh, you know, feel popular and accepted. I was kind of a, um, I don't know, not the cool one. Like I felt in growing up in middle school and high school, even I would pop around to all the different friend groups and just like pop in. Does everybody like me still? Okay. And then move on to the next one. Like I'm o- I was always seeking everybody else's approval. so then my identity came from my self-worth came from other people's validation and it's still, that's still like kind of hardwired into me, but I am aware of it and kind of try and push through that. And yeah, I think just becoming aware of what you're eluding yourself to be identifying with or as, or where you get your self worth from, that's just the first step is being aware that you're doing it. Um, Like, if you think about your identity, you are your name. You know, I'm I'm Robert Canode, Robert Thomas Canode, and that's yeah, that's it's such a deep question to start off with your identity. Well, I'll tell you what you are not. You are not your meat suit. You are not the color of skin you are. You are. The thinker of your thoughts or the observer. The observer of your thoughts. Even that like even some thoughts are, you know, not yours. Cause if they if you're sitting there and you're trying to think of nothing and then thoughts still come into your head, who's thinking those thoughts? Like and who's witnessing them? Trippy. Trippy wanna start with. <clears throat> this is, you know, my first time doing this, so I'm gonna quit in 30 minutes and go ride the skate park. I just got back from a uh, little hike with Trip. We go to Papago and just walk around the mountain almost every day now for a couple of weeks we've been doing that and it feels really good. I don't do it so much for the exercise as much as I do for just getting sunlight and Trip loves it and he stops and smells. There's a big sign that says dogs must be on a leash and I go and I let him off the leash. And I only got in trouble once. The park ranger kicked me out. <laughs> Didn't kick me out. I'm so used to saying kicked me out for BMX stuff. Park ranger just... I had my headphones in and they. Were, it looked like they were waving at me. And I was just like, yeah, hey, what's up? And then they were. They screamed at me. Get your dog on the leash! Okay. okay. So, my personal identity and beliefs. Uh, belief is also a interesting, deep topic that you can you can analyze and break down belief. What is belief and what is faith? Faith is believing something without having like proof, I think. And if I just had to like pick beliefs, I would go with the four agreements. The the really wise book. Be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, always do your best, and one more one what's the fourth fourth agreement what's the fourth agreement oh we'll come back to that what is the fourth one don't take anything personal always do your best that's even worse than the last time i listed that was two out of three all right hillary says how to stay inspired and that varies for me I have a, I, I grew up playing sports, so I'm like kind of competitive, but in the field of like doing art, making videos or whatever your creative, ex, ex, whatever your creative adventure is, the competitive spirit, it's not like you're going to beat somebody, you know, you're you're not in a race with anybody, but the competitive spirit i still have it if i see a dope video i'm like i want to do that or it like makes me want to do something that i can do better and at the same time just realizing that you're not in a competition with anybody but yourself um but it's hard to stay motivated when you're just like working on your own stuff so yeah if i look at stuff that is better than mine i'm like all right you know i'm gonna take a take a piece from this and that and then I think another trick to stay inspired is to like do different stuff, like sh- shake up your routine. It's easy to fall into a pattern of just doing the same thing and maybe just skating by at work. And if you like change your environment up or do something new every once in a while, or go to a new place, or I don't even know, you can get inspired. It, it happens whenever you're deep thinking. Smoke some weed, you might get inspired. I go on long walks. Let's see, lately, I've been looking at fonts a lot when I drive, just like all the signs. <clears throat> I think about the colors. I think about the thickness of the fonts. I think about who chose the font and why they chose it and like, Ooh, I could take that font and, and use it in this. I'm starting to see it in subtitles on Instagram and just getting inspired by fonts. My work right now involves a lot of doing captions for just like repurposing content onto Instagram. And that's an interesting one to try and be inspired for. But just seeing what's out there and how we can, or how I can take it and make it my own. <coughs> but Ooh, Nelly, that's a bright light. I just got this softbox, mini softbox with a Amaran 100D. I got an app that I can use to control it. Which fits perfectly into the next question, which is talking about streaming podcast setup. I think I'm doing the setup right now to where uh you can you could stream, but I'm just using it to record OBS. I think that's the OG open or open broadcast system. Original broadcast system. I don't know. OBS. And you can set it up with a link from Twitch. I've never streamed. I'd like to. I got a Sony A7S2 with a twenty-four to one oh five f4 lens i got the amaran which is an aperture knockoff key light stupid led in the background and this microphone that pace loaned me the rode procaster and then to input the xlr cables into the computer using a scarlet which is a receiver i can adjust the uh light with my phone that's pretty cool (coughs) I'm comparing myself right now to other podcasts that I listen to and they have a better flow. This is literally my first time. Give yourself a break, man. I am very self-critical and that kind of goes into the uh, inspired. Everything I put out, I dislike immediately after I put it out. And yeah, that's a dangerous trap to fall in love with your own work. Um, I think it's a healthy problem to have to not like your own work because you're constantly knowing what you can improve on and do better and the vision in your head doesn't match what it ended up being on screen so you're like okay just on to the next and that's that's a healthy attitude of just like okay that one's done I hate it move on to the next but on a trap that you can fall into which I did is treating finishing a project like the finish line like I got sponsored by GT when I was 18 and I stopped progressing because I was like, I got sponsored, that's it. And that's a terrible, terrible attitude to have. Kind of felt the same way with Mediocre at Best. Once I finished that, I was like, I could die now, I'm done. And then I had to, there was some learning that came after Mediocre at Best. I started working for Sabrosa, and there's some lessons from that. What lessons have you learned from bikes that you apply regularly in non-bike areas? Rob de Quattro. That's a really good question. Um, So as that train of thought was leading to, I was working for Sabrosa and Shadow. And the main takeaway, I mean, it was a great experience like getting my dream job. But the thing I had learned and I had to learn relatively quick was to detach my identity from my video work. I had a lot of videos that i would deliver that they would say they would give notes on and this is like the first job that i had making videos where they're giving me feedback on like no we don't like that song and i'm like ah fuck you you know my heart i attached my ego to like no i'm in love with this song or this video exactly as it is like you guys are wrong but you have to detach that's that's something that i took from the bmx world is in order to treat your passion as work, you kind of have to like separate yourself from it and just treat it as a job. You know, I'm just doing this and you put it out and you did the best you can and accept people's feedback and learn. I learned fairly quickly how to step, like stand up for the things that I know are good. And then like convincing, because part of it is explaining like what's going on with it. I'm trying to think of an example I, I remember I, I did Eric Ballman's Welcome to Shadow video, and I used Sexy and I Know It, and it's still one of my favorite edits. Um, LMFAO's Sexy and I Know It, and that did not fit the brand Shadow at all, but that's why I loved it. It was like, it was really fun to edit to, it was just something different, it was something catchy, and I think it's a memorable video. Not only because Eric's amazing at riding, but that song makes it special. I don't know. Comment if you've seen Eric Bauman's Shadow video. I feel my voice quivering. <clears throat> um, Let's see. So I t- touched on streaming podcast, lessons you learn from bikes. There, there Let me think. There might be more. Like... Just keep pedaling, that's a nice cheesy one. Lesson I learned from bikes. It is, you get what you put into it. Um, Yeah, and then the discipline of doing something consistently and constantly wanting to progress. Becoming obsessed with something and getting better at it. Yeah, I, I applied my BMX addiction and obsession to videography and then here I am, you know, 10 years later doing it for a living, a good living. And loving life. So, you know? What BMX means to me and how MAB2 is going. Hard copy BMX archive. I just saw his story the other day. He's got like thousands of hard copy DVDs signed, and I'm keeping one hostage. He sent me he sent me back a copy of Lightworks that he purchased, and then, this is like two years ago now, and he's like, can you get the crew to sign this, especially Josh Betley?" And I was like, yeah, I think I got Betley to sign it, and then I got a couple other people to sign it, but I forgot there was like more people that I needed to get sign it, and then it just kind of fell by the wayside, and sorry, I'm actually not sure where it is. It's somewhere, somewhere over yonder. BMX was my identity. Um, BMX means to me, it's like, it's the reason that I have friends. Um, it's it's the thing that you know exposed me to the world. It showed me dope music. I got to travel to amazing places. I got to meet people of all shapes and forms, and like get inspired by <clears throat> people who do it better. The big events like BMX is just a big ass family. It's insane. Every like I, I forget what the last thing I went to the Angles premiere in California, and then I'm walking around, and I still, in my mind, I'm still the you know 15-year-old kid showing up to the premiere, not like not knowing anybody, but then I walk around and I'm just like, holy shit, I know you, I know you, I know you, and we're all hanging out, giving hugs, it's, it feels amazing. And even though you don't see each other in person, you're still online, following each other on Instagram, and just, you all know each other, and it's magical. It also is a fairly good form of exercise, Me and Trip, my three-legged dog, we go out on bike rides almost every night, especially nights that we don't go to the dog park. I'm keeping this man, since he only has one back leg, I got to keep him, like, trim and athletic and fit, and so he's on a healthy diet, and we exercise so much. So, I'm, yeah, that was a thing that I can't believe I didn't do earlier, is get a dog. This has been the best, like, seven months of my life. It was... (laughs) Potty training was a pain in the butt, but you know. And then at mediocre best two. How's that going? <coughs> well, I'll tell you how it's going. It's going great. I just sent the boys in the group chat a uh, timeline of our raw footage, so that's like step one. And we're at we're sitting at like 35 minutes of trimmed clips, so like we have a video. We could put out a video right now, and it would feel like a mixtape. But what will happen next is uh, we make a promo and then spread the promo out as much as we can and then keep filming for, you know, 5 months, 6 months and then take take a couple of weeks off work and just lock myself in a room and finish that project. I'm I've been debating the whole taking a couple of weeks off work thing. I don't know if that's like realistic or not, but ideally that's how I'd do it. <laughs> when I was editing mediocre at best, the first one, which was a three or four year, maybe five years of saving footage. Some of the older clips in that were definitely like five years old. Um, I edited that in like 72 hours. We set the premiere date before I even started editing the video, which is a bad idea. And I've always been a procrastinator. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, the premiere's in like three days, okay, and then I locked myself in my room and pulled a couple all nighters and then that video came out. I remember we put it we burned it to d v d literally an hour before the premiere was actu- was set to happen that drove <coughs> that drove me nuts in the best way it was it was amazing. I was so delirious at the premiere. I just you know family and friends like a packed movie theater phoenix center for the arts like 200 people is i was like this isn't even real and then the the writing in that is so good everybody in that video it's amazing mediocre best 2 is coming along great it's a totally different vibe from the other ones so there's mediocre at best Lightworks, and then mediocre at best 2 which sometimes i doubt i'm like why did i why did i skip why did i put something in the middle in between these two but this feels more Like, it's going to have a street animal video type of vibe, and I constantly am going back and forth on what I'm going to do editing-wise to it. Like, am I going to go super gnarly, trippy, glitchy, data-moshing type music video style editing, or just keep it raw like I did with Lightworks? Lightworks, I did very minimal. I tried... Lightworks was funny. I was editing Lightworks... And I had I made a couple of versions where I went so into like trippy land, trying to like be weird with my edits and like B roll and all that stuff. That I was like, you know, I went in a full circle of just like getting so weird to the point where I was just like, you know, it'd be really weird as if I didn't do anything weird and then just leave it raw. And then <laughs> that's basically what happened. Just biking to the music, it's super simple and not not trying too hard. But I want to do something special with uh, mediocre at best too. This is definitely the last full-length BMX video I'm ever doing, so I can. Th- I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna throw those away. But I'll take the one that I'm act- be actively using right now. These. I'm talking about a VX camera I just pointed at. I'll. Uh, I'll smash it, <coughs> or I'll frame it and put it up on the wall. I don't know. I recently bought the uh, adapter that goes from. It allows you to record to memory card with a VX, and it was cool for 15 minutes, and then it's not. I don't trust it. <laughs> I can't, because you just leave your camera in standby mode while you press record on this external device, and so I'm filming something, but it's not. I'm not guaranteed, and it might glitch. Uh, same thing with tapes, but yeah, that's, that's that was a waste of money. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna keep filming the tapes. Another question Hillary asked was how to stand out. That's a nice, fun topic. I don't know how to stand out. Dress diff. Dress however you want. How to stand out? I think like just speaking your mind. You. Don't, hmm, that's interesting. First of all, what do you want? Where do you want to stand out? It depends on. It's all context. I think. I feel like I'm a chameleon. I can be in a room full of millionaires and get along with everybody, or be on, like, 7th Street in Phoenix, hanging out with a couple of homies and then homeless people. Like, I'm comfortable around all classes, all situations, all possibilities. And you stand out. I don't know, if you want to, you just... At this point, out of excitement moving my hands, I hit stop recording. And then I picked it up after I realized what happened. Eric Bauman called me on the phone and planned out our next writing session. Uh probably, but I'm I was trying to do a solo podcast so I didn't see a text yet. Oh, gotcha. you should you come b- you should come by and see the house. I don't think you've been inside, have you? Probably not riding tonight, but I'd be done to meet up and get dinner if you're hungry. Oh uh I'm gonna go to the park at seven thirty and yeah, I do need to come see your house. Um get food and a drink, and we still owe you dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh no not tonight. I'm going to go. I'm going to ride and then come back home. Um, yeah. I'm just so going to. Yeah. I figured since you're down here, like, oh, um, he's down in this area. Yeah. No, Tempe Park's in your area? Yeah, it's only, like, it's only like 10. It's like five miles away from me. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember I used to live there. Straight, straight down Elliot. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Alright, well I don't know. I'm meeting a couple of dudes up there at seven thirty and then yeah, probably just gonna come home. I I just ate dinner and yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll figure out a day. All right. Faux uh, cheesy. Bye. Bye guys. Well What the heck was I talking about standing out? Let's move on. My favorite skate park and why? Uh Glendale, X Court. My favorite skate park, that's that question's from Granite. X Court is where I grew up. I was there on its opening day in like two thousand six or seven or eight. I forget what year it was. And then I was there every night of the week for, you know, six years, seven years and just a lot of skate park homies, a lot of good memories and a place to, you know, just learn shit but also have fun and like there's so many good memories of just screaming you know across the park and talking shit and being stoked for other people landing stuff or you know making fun of everybody we just sit up top by the hubba's and talk shit and take turns trying tricks and learning stuff is so much better when you're doing it with somebody else like all right let's try 180 feeble to smith and then somebody does it you know, first try back then it was probably like, all right, let's try feeble hop up manual. You know, I I miss the days of like learning tricks. I'm not willing to like get hurt anymore. So I'm not learning anything new. I just, I just did a uh, rolling backwards bar spin while I was still on the ground the other day. And that felt exciting. I know I've done that before, but it was, it's been like a long time. The trials and tribulations of filming a full length or any drew Haas stories. I was roommates with Drew. That's from Art is Hard, Curtis Woodruff. I was roommates with Drew for I think a couple of years. Um we lived in Tempe together. We had uh we would go out and film. I forget. He worked at the I forget everything. He worked at Cornish Pasty. I was going to college at ASU and in our free time we would go ride. I don't know that guy always had all the spots. And I've always wondered like did he go and find all the spots or did he just hit up John Mata like I do now? <laughs> and he's, I do remember he, him, he looked, he looked for spots a lot. And I, I, I find myself doing that in my spare time, just driving around. Cause you never know, like there's so much square footage in the world. We could ride every single weekend and explore each intersection and still not find all the spots for, if we did that for years, you know? Trials and tribulations of filming a full length is just the wavering, wavering confidence that it's even going to happen. Um, keeping everybody motivated is impossible. At, at this point, people who are in this video know me enough to know that I'm in and I'm out. I'm in and I'm out. Like we're halfway done. I mean, we're three years deep in a mediocre two and there's been a couple of times at least where the whole, the whole crew is like, is this video even happening? Cause I just don't come out for months. And they just know that's me. I'm I'm a I'm a wavy motivation, self confidence type of uh type of type of dude. But the cool thing about it is it's just this monstrous goal and you can only chip away at it and a full day you might come on you might come home with ten seconds worth of footage and you have to like fill an hour of, you know, really good BMX tricks. And on top of that, I'm at the point where I'm not encouraging my friends to, like, do crazy shit. I I don't have that in me anymore. I'm like, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, we can just go home and you'll be safe, you know? Spare your spare yourself some injuries. But people who have it and they want to do it, they do it. And it shouldn't be up to me to peer pressure people into doing it. You know who's the opposite of that is Dustin. And hanging out with him is really fun because he's just like, do it, pussy. <laughs> Dustin Arp. Shout out to Dustin Arp. Uh, I used to be that way with like, shut up, do it. You can do this. You can, and I'm pretty, I'm still like encouraging, but I definitely don't pressure anybody to do anything crazy. Uh, Keeping everything organized over a long period of time is also a tribulation of filming a full length. Like the Grab S2 master folder has been like backed up on several hard drives at this point over the years. And the first video I'd lost the hard drive a couple months before it was time to edit. And so I had to go back and recapture a box full of tapes. And that took a long time. That was a, that was definitely a tribulation. And then making sure that everybody can be happy with their parts. Like do you (coughs) like Nick Bonnell basically has filmed a full section already with, with me for this video and he's not happy with this footage. So we got to go out and get some, when it's banger season, get some get some really good clips, but yeah, he's just prolific. Uh and then, you know, getting figuring out the the roster, like who's going to have a full song, each person, like whose name is going to be on the promo, and then dedicating time to get everybody all their clips. It's so much work. And I I'm glad that I'm doing it, but I am ready for it to be done. I would like to uh do some just short more cinematic projects so yeah mediocre best two is coming but slow and steady promo will come sooner than you think uh let's see what else we got on here hating your own work i think i touched that mental blocks and editing rituals this is jonah jachan uh i think hating your own work is good i think that means that you are a good artist and you'll keep progressing Cause as long as you keep trying to make something that you actually like, and then once you reach that, you'll hate that. And then you move on to the next mental blocks. I, you can't fight it. It's hard to push through a mental block unless like you're on the clock at work or something and you have to push through it, but you don't have to, to mental blocks, you go for a walk or you go ride and go get your mindset different. You go get on a different vibration and you don't beat yourself up sleep, take a nap, you know, uh, mental blocks, you know, editing rituals. I am probably most creative at night. Um, I don't really have a ritual. It used to no. there's, I like, Oh, okay. So editing ritual when I was in Florida working for Sabrosa, I would go to the coffee shop and edit and, the ritual, just being get jacked up on caffeine and sit there. I liked being in public, but ignoring everything and like zoning in. I liked the feeling of being seen. Oh, that guy must be doing something cool. He's editing videos. Wow, cool. I'm sure nobody thought that, but in my in my delusional head, <laughs> you know, I I thought about that stuff. I like going in public to ignore everybody. Like the, I love going to the gym because you get to be seen, but you don't see anybody seeing you. And then same thing with coffee shop to work. I like to post up at a coffee shop and work just to, you know, the feeling of being seen, you know, I exist. Validate me. I am a person, you know, uh, LA life. uh, No rebirth Island. I am getting over my addiction to Warzone. I've been addicted to call of duty for however long, probably over a year at this point. And I'm pretty good. If you get, if you want the smoke, you can get the smoke, but I am slowly playing it less and less, and it feels good um all right, we just did thirty minutes, and I'm exhausted, so <laughs> this is a fun test run, if anything, whatever, I might put it out i let's see i'll 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 be back I'm gonna go ride the skate park, and we'll talk more soon uh I got back from the skate park a week and a half ago, and we didn't talk, but um, let's see, you know. What's going on? Life is good. Dream condo. Dream girlfriend. Dream dog. Homies galore. Oh, dude, there's so many things, actually. Last week was insane. On Tuesday, it was a triple whammy. I got told that my dad has lung cancer. That's opening with the heaviest one. And this past Friday, he got a PET scan to see if it spread um, throughout his body. So I'm waiting on that anxiously. It's kind of, you know, worst nightmare. It's inevitable. It'll happen someday, but hopefully he doesn't die on me. And, uh, I'm trying to encourage him to be healthy and do the things that you can do to help your body fight off cancer, like teaching him about inflammation and his diet, and then telling him to lay off the wine and just give himself a chance for his body to fight it he actually beat lung cancer before they just had to do like a surgery, take out a little piece of his lung. And I hope that that's all this is this time. And the rest is not going to sound as dramatic as that. But on that same day I came home from wherever that day and saw that my bike was stolen. I keep it, I kept it on the side of my house and, uh, I came home and I was. I looked and I my bike wasn't in its usual spot. And then I turned and I looked in my car because it's usually either there or there. And then I was just like, "Dang, the day has finally come." Like it's it's irresponsible to leave it outside in general, but it was kind of tucked away and not very obvious. I live in the corner of a complex, so it was premeditated. Like somebody, I saw a kid come and lurk around the corner at my con- uh, in my complex like three days before it got stolen. So you know, I have an idea. It was either one of these little kids from the neighborhood or a homeless person who wants to sell it to get some scrilla. My neighbor, okay, so let's finish the trifecta. Uh, dad, lung cancer, bike got stolen. And then, uh, trip hurt his foot. Like he was limping. He only has three legs, so he can't afford to miss another one. And he's just limping. It looks like he's in pain and he didn't even get out of bed in the morning. It was a a doozy. Took him to the vet. They uh, took his vitals because I thought I took him to the vet because I thought maybe it was like a spider bite or something that could be like bad for him. And they took his vitals and they said, no, he's all good. But uh, to see the doctor, he will have to sit here and wait. And I was like, cool. How long? "Uh, Five or six hours. I was like, wow. All right. Well, I'll be back. And they're like, no, you have to stay here. And I was like, no, I don't. And so we went shopping and then we missed my I missed the appointment or they called me like three hours later and they're like, we're ready for you. If you're not here, we're going to put you to the back of the line. It's like, okay, so how long is this line? And they were like two more hours. And I was like, all right, whatever, let's just not do it. So hopefully I don't get a big bill in the mail for taking, taking him to get his vitals checked, but we didn't end up going and he was better the next day. It was, it was all right. So yeah, that was a, that was a trifecta of a day. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to talk about work a little bit, but, not so much. I just wanted to have this feel like it was coming to an end. Um I'm working on it I'll get a bike again and Yeah, everything'll be alright. If you made it this far and you watched the whole thing, you're a real homie. I don't know whatever. Podcast is silly, you know? I uh I will be doing more and I'm not going to beat myself up for not keeping on the weekly schedule. I'll just do it when I when I can and not beat myself up for it because this is fun. So uh, anything I can think of? Nope. That's it. Thanks, guys. Hope you're having a great day.